Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast... Ooh! The Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can find anything and everything about the podcast at our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Indeed. Here we are. We are. Not a bad day today. Here we are, back at the beginning. Our our favorite ice cream store was closed today. Well, well they were closed when we like, were there. Yeah, so it's closed for me. <laughs> okay. But our Fair. But our second favorite was open. It was. Yeah. What'd you get for ice cream? I got black raspberry and pistachio twist because they're both favorites. Yeah. Um. Turns out. They don't go well together, do well, they? Well, I mean, they're okay. It's not great. It's not favorite. No, like, no. Two favorites together doesn't make most favorite. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of anything right off the bat, but I'm not feeling witty enough to. I have to say mm. the best twist yeah. that I've had to date mm-hmm. was the uh, raspberry lemonade twist. That was good. That was amazing. Yeah. It's oh. literally like a genius flavor. It w- Oh, it was so good. And out of nowhere. So good. Out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. How's everything else going? Um, I can't complain. Yeah. You had good sleep today. I did. Yeah. Well... I did ish. <laughs> you had a good amount of sleep, but it wasn't good sleep in its own right. Correct. Bad dreams, yeah. right? I've been having bad dreams for at least two weeks. Few now. days, yeah. Yeah, and it's the same characters. Yeah, yeah. Same players in the dream, different locations, and in all of them, it fucking sucks. Well, Dean's sleeping good enough for both of us. Creative no, director. He really Dean. is. As a matter of fact, he's probably doing that right now. Um, yeah. 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 He well, is. he's good like that. Well, you know. So we got banshees today. We do. You got to be excited for this one. You know, I am. This kind of uh, digs into your roots a bit, right? Uh, it does. Funny story. I'll be the judge of that. My uncle Gary yeah. used to call my cousins Stephen. This is already on a the banshee right start. But. He also used it interchangeably with Brenda, me. So, mm-hmm. Like at some point, all of us were called a banshee. Oh, and he yeah. just used that for essentially a loud child. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was his moniker for all loud children. Well, I'm going to plead a lot of ignorance on this topic. I always heard like wild banshee was the wild kid or wild sort of animal or something like mm-hmm. that. And I never really... Went farther than that to look, you know, look into it or anything. So I knew from the way Uncle Gary was using it, it meant loud. Yeah. And then at some point, one of us asked, and we were told it was a shrieking spirit. Yeah. Fast forward a couple years, and I watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People, and they have a banshee. 
mm. in the movie. Oh, that's what we saw that's the other day. That's the one day. I made you watch. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Another Disney film under my belt. Yes. For the people listening, I wasn't raised on a whole lot of Disney. He was not in a Disney family. Basically, well, the classics like Dumbo and Bambi and Pinocchio and stuff like that, but I can't even remember the name of it now. What was Darby the... I'm not even going to try to name it because I'm going to screw it up. Darby O'Gill Darby and the O'Gill Little People. And the Little People. Yes. Yeah, that title probably won't last for long. <laughs> However, uh, it wasn't bad. No. Seeing Sean Connery in there was... Traipsing around the countryside. Yeah, yeah. Singing. Yep, young did, Connery. Did you expect that? And uh, no, I didn't <laughs> expect that. I think it was kind of funny because he's... Now here's the thing: is he is he Irish or Scottish? I thought Scottish. he was Scottish. All right, that was right. But he was a character from Dublin in that movie. Correct. Because you know they they work all that stuff out. But now I did not understand the full depth of the the lore of Banshee. I just thought it was just the name they called loud people. That's mm, uh, yeah. So it's aptly it's used a lot for that. Yes, yes, uh, probably correctly so. Um, mm-hmm. However, but the, I didn't get this whole section of it. Never knew it. Right, right. So I learned a lot today, or not today? What was it? A few days back, or whatever. When yeah, I was yeah. When we were digging around on when this, we were researching. Yeah, a couple of couple of days on it, and yeah, um, yeah. No, I definitely I I learned a lot because I had no idea that it's going to be what we're going to talk today. And then I have, uh, unless we collided somewhere, I have two tales of banshees, uh, which I'll save for the end. I kind of intermixed them. Hey, so you know what it is? It's it's our podcast. You know it is. We can really do anything we want as long as the creative director agrees. Yeah. Yeah. And just don't tell HR. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's got to be on the DL. Yeah. That's why we created this studio. Yeah. Because HR is in the living room sleeping. Yeah. Blissfully unaware. Just purring away. Yeah. Literally. Yep. Because she's a cat. <laughs> All right. Let's kick this off. Okay. So I got the bulk of my information from claudadesign.com, druidry.org, and unnaturalworld.fandom.com. Ah, I got um, a mix of things. Yeah. And I got um, basically a good chunk of information from ConnollyCove.com. And where might that be? On the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. No, I like kind of finding these uh, these rare websites that I would never in my life encounter. Yeah. And I think this is, it represents the total cool section that's often neglected of the internet. I mean, honestly, Someone took the time to not only talk about this, but but there's also a lot of of cool stuff on the website. They do a whole thing on like myths and legends. Hey guys, I have something cool over here if you'd like to check it out. But Irish uh, mythology and folklore is pretty, uh, pretty deep. Listen, yeah. my people pretty much have a story for everything. Yeah. There really is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to say the booze and the lack of food might have been, you know, <laughs> a, a contribution, but but I'm going to say for the record, it didn't hurt. I mean, maybe. I'll, st- I'll still never understand it. Potato famine, they eat potatoes forever and they're surrounded by water. That just... Stick a pole in the water. Yeah, that booze. Yeah, the booze was working. That's for sure. (laughs) However, we're uh, we're we're officially going to start banshees right now. Okay, maybe I don't know. Before HR gets pissed. Okay, so the banshee is a female spirit or fairy and is considered an omen of death. She roams the countryside and can be heard wailing as she predicts said death. A banhi is the name of the male spirit in Irish mythology that heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. And it is rumored that the banhi can lure unsuspecting young women to his lair with a fluffy wave of his hair. Of course he and can. And the bellow of his pleasing baritone voice. So I wouldn't be a good banhi because <laughs> I'm bald. Well, he appears as a big, well-hung, masculine Fabio. The male banshee does not wail in public, as it is considered unmanly. Well-hung? That's a real thing? It featured prominently. Really? Yeah. Like drag on the ground hung. Like they they didn't stop referencing it once they brought it up. Wow. Yeah. but Hung like a banshee? I mean. Is that going to be a new term now? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Bon He. <laughs> yeah, hung like a Bon He. Yeah, yeah. So the word Banshee comes from the Irish B E A N, pronounced Bon. Yeah. S I, pronounced She, which translates as Woman of the Fairy Mounds. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So let's say how she can appear. Which yeah. is in a number of forms. It is. It's a beautiful young woman or a stately matron. She can be a frightening, ugly hag dressed in gray with long silver hair. Yeah. She can also take the shape of a raven as they cry above a roof. Um, and in Irish and Scott, they're um, bond seeds. Or a stoat, hare, or a weasel which are typical anim- animals associated with witchcraft in Ireland. Mm. In Cornwall, she has long black teeth. Mm. In the Scottish islands, she has very long breasts. Yeah. So it turns out I'm a banshee. <laughs> I also I also heard a woman with long uh, a long silver dress and silver hair. Yep. I would follow that all day. Yep. And uh, they have dark circles under their eyes. Mm-hmm. And they may also have a scar on their head. I also heard of one. It's uh, a headless woman carrying a bowl of blood that is naked from the waist up. It's pretty specific. My people are kind of all about uh, the form, the human form, and mm. its shapes, clothed, unclothed, yeah, hung. It just seems specific, hung. though. <laughs> I mean, right? which, honestly, you would never forget something like that. True story. No, you would not. Yeah. Yep. Or you had a few too many pints. That's a lot of pints <laughs> to go with a headless woman carrying a bowl of blood that is naked from the waist up. <laughs> Just the waist Just up. Just the waist up. 
Uh, she yeah. is usually dressed in a gray or white hooded cloak. And those who have seen her describe long hair, which she runs a comb through, um, which is similar to like tearing out your hair in anguish. While not always seen, her cries of mourning can be heard, usually at night when someone is about to die. Mm-hmm. As the banshee moves through the tree, the darkness, witnesses describe a fluttering sound, like the sound of birds flying at night. And this is the origin of the banshee appearing as a bird, i.e. the crow reference or raven. Mm-hmm. It's believed by many that she only appears to select families, namely the main Irish families, yeah. the O'Neills, O'Connors, O'Briens, O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's, though the list varies depending on who is telling the story. Who's the O'Neills? <sighs> they be my people. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> they do. So rumor has it an O'Connor had an, an encounter with a banshee, he was cycling between Ballyangford or and um, Tarbert in County Kerry when he heard the cries of the Banshee by the ruins of Lislaughton Abbey. It's generally believed she does not harm the person she encounters. The Banshee is one of the more intimidating fairies. She appears at the site of imminent death in the middle of the night and lets out a chilling, high-pitched wail. She also appears in Scottish, Welsh, North, and even American folklore in many different forms and doing many death-related things. Occasionally, she is known as the Bancuente, or crying woman. Mm. So. There's a lot of, uh, there was a lot in different areas, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. One thing I had, uh, just to kind of stick in the historical timeline. The historians actually trace the first stories of the Banshee back to the 8th century, um, which I I, uh, I yeah. grabbed somewhere. And they were saying that um, they accepted alcohol as payment, the women that were known as keeners. Yes. So in I have, under the origins, in medieval times during funerals, a woman would take on the role of keener. Keeners sang sad songs called, Hi, Kion... I didn't look up I'll the pronunciation of any of this. HR is around the corner, so it don't matter. C-A-O-I-N-E-A-D-H. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Irish for crying at the graveside. There was good money to be made as a keener, as families paid very well for a talented keener. The best known ones always attended funerals of the biggest and most well-known people and were much sought after as the people mourning at the funeral the greater the person was said to be. So for the most powerful families, it was commonly believed that a bansid or fairy woman would come to keen at the grave. Fairies presumably are more talented singers than humans. The Irish phrase became anglicized to banshee, and over time the stories morphed into what we know today as the banshee. Mm-hmm. Keeners were usually paid in alcohol, and they often ended up as elderly alcoholics and banished from towns and villages, which added to the modern myth of the banshee. The first known written record of a banshee story is Sean McRae's uh, Catherine Thor- Thorhelby, <laughs> which translates to the triumphs of Turlow. Originally, the Banshee appeared to those who were about to suffer a violent, painful death, such as murder. 
Later stories had her wailing, wailing outside their door at night, usually around woodland areas close by, but rarely seen. Cynics and realists claim the stories are merely old wives' tales and that the whales are from barn owls or vixens calling out in the night. Both animals do very much sound like a woman screeching. And the site I was on actually had the voiceover. Like you could play it and you could hear the barn the barn owl screech and yeah. you could hear the, the yeah. vixen screech. And it's not great. So no. I can see why people would be like, Hoy! But well, do you think... Tis an omen of death. <laughs> <laughs> As I started reading this, it sounded pretty innocent at the beginning. Yes. You had these these people that would sing during the grief process, so mm-hmm. to speak, or mm-hmm. services. And then I read uh, on the ConnollyCove.com site, they mentioned that with these uh, these women were given or offered alcohol as a method of payment, which we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the Irish church considered that bartering system as contradictory in the eyes of God and that these women were punished for their activities by forever becoming banshees. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it all went south. And I would imagine this is going to be a, a, a big assumption, which, hell, I'll dive, I'll dive into the pool. Okay. I think if you became a wasted alcoholic, you're not going to sing as great as when you originally did. What? Yeah. And you, I think. What? I think that's where it should be like drunk as a banshee or something like that. <laughs> I want to, I want to bring that saying. You're going to, you're going to make that a thing. That's why I, I made that assumption. It's all just so I can call somebody there. Just tell someone, she's you're drunk like a banshee. You're drunk banshee. Yeah. So let's get into their appearance and behavior. The banshee comes in three forms depending on who is telling the story. Yeah. Most frequently, she is a crouching hag with a horribly wrinkly face. Nice. In others, she's a beautiful, ethereal young woman or a stately matron type. So it could be anyone. I mean, when you get down to it, yeah. That's like how they did witches, you know. Yeah. Uh, witches are either these crazy, ugly things, or they're just drop-dead gorgeous, and they'll just pull you in. <laughs> or, you know, they kind of look like your mom. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> she's also referenced as the ghost of a murdered woman or a woman who died in childbirth. It should be noted that the three forms listed above may also represent the three aspects of the Celtic goddess of war and death. Bob, B-A-B-H-B-H, mm-hmm. and she appears frequently in the form of a crow. Macha or Morrigan, the first, my first instinct, though, hearing that is the reference to the goddess in Wicca, which is maiden mother crone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in almost all of the cases, she has long silver hair, which she sometimes brushes with a comb. With this in mind, some people will not pick up a comb lying on the ground for fear of being taken away by the fairies. She wears a gray hooded cloak or a white sheet or a grave robe of the dead, and her eyes are red from crying. Many believe that she can, in fact, take on any of the above forms and change from one to the other at will. Hmm. Her cry is the subject of much debate. In Leinster, it is said to be so shrill it shatters glass. 
Further north in Tyrone, she sounds like two boards being struck together. And in Carrie, her call is low, pleasant singing. Whatever the sound, everyone agrees it can be heard um, from and for a great distance. Some report she cries several nights in a row before a death occurred. Others say they heard her just once on the night of the death. The cry rises and falls, lasts for a few minutes, and varies in intensity. There have been stories of the banshee crying for perfectly healthy people who would, in fact, die within a week of a freak accident. The majority of visits are paid at night, with a few taking place at noon. The banshee was thought to have been a normal woman who enjoyed life, was incredibly beautiful, and radiated happiness. At some point in her life, she became a haggard old woman. She was seemingly very weary of mortals and would disappear at the first um, sight of human activity or the first sign of human activity. Oh, so someone would show up and just like, whoosh, disappear? Yep. Peace out. Yeah. She didn't seem to enjoy the company of anyone, mortal or or otherwise. I wish I had that move. And traveled as a solitary fairy. Or somebody would think I'm around and it's gone. See ya. Yeah. Instead it's, oh, hey, hey, Frank. Hey. I have a real awkward story to tell you. <laughs> have I ever told you about banshees? <laughs> so when the banshee moved from place to place, witnesses have heard a fluttering sound similar to birds flying. When she disappeared, all that would be left behind was a cloud of mist. There are several purported banshee chairs around Ireland. These are wedge-shaped rocks where she would sit and cry for general misfortunes if there was no death to be attended. When a family emigrated, according to legend, she would follow. If she didn't, she would sit at the family seat and lament their departure. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. So let's get into, apparently, she has powers. Yeah, that's what I, uh, that's some I stuff that I I always thought her in. power was, ah, yeah. it died. Yeah. Or, so, or it's a warning or, or, you know. Turns out. You know, celebrating, uh, you know, hey, you're going to die because I just said, you know, I just screeched at you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's my superpower. You're so lucky. I just, I just sang for you. So <gasps> now you're going to die. Good luck, fucker. <laughs> so her powers. The sonic scream, which has the ability to unleash screams of an inhuman amplitude capable of shattering glass, cracking rock, and causing blood vessels to burst, which... That sucks. That's pleasant. Yeah. Um, Death precognition. They are able to foretell of impending death, singing and weeping with a sad tone that is unmistakable as a dire warning. Intangibility incorporeal form allows them to pass through physical barriers. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Well, it's the whole disappearing thing. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, teleportation, able to move in the blink of an eye to other locations. They can teleport to wherever someone is about to die on impulse. Hmm. So that's cool. Invisibility, they can become invisible to the living. Death touch, it's possible that their touch could have dangerous, possibly fatal effects on the living. This has never been proven, and she seems to be a pacifist spirit. Mm. So, More of that, don't shoot the messenger. Right? But um, 
not really quite a messenger either. Yeah. So then they have the sonic scream wave, which I mean, how is that any different from the scream? But whatever. Yeah. In defense, they can scream and guide their voice as a bullet with their hands and in turn send people flying. Really? So how cool would that be? Banshee sounding pretty badass. I mean. Here's the thing I wouldn't like to be about a Banshee. I, I wouldn't want to be a Banshee. Like some of these things I read, I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that. Like vampire. I could do vampire. I could pull that off. Werewolf, I could pair off. Mm-hmm. I could pull that off. Mm-hmm. Banshee, no. For one single reason. You're going to know when everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah, you are. It's a real shit job. It's not great. It's a, Well, not a shit job. It's a shit super skill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're going to have that guy in the curb there. You're going to look and be like, yeah, no, he's going to fall over. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, wouldn't you but, have to go, ah! Well, and then, yeah, or, or apparently just touch him with your finger. Doink. You know, or from across <laughs> and just send him shooting into a, a moving vehicle. I mean, there's a lot of options here that I never was. But, but I think just the actual knowing, yeah, that would be a real crap deal. It wouldn't be great. Especially with someone you, you care for. Yeah. That you know wouldn't fucking listen to you at all. Yeah. You know, they don't even take common practical advice. And you yeah. can't really say like, hey, dude, yeah, stay home tomorrow. I wouldn't go out in the woods yeah. if I were you. Yeah. It's that whole, <laughs> but I think it'd be that whole final destination thing. That's how I think death is. Yeah. I really do. I think when your time comes, your time comes. If people are going to get spiritual into transference from, say, this state to another mm-hmm. state, I think then when your time comes, your time comes. You know, the Bible has like a pretty cool uh, verse in it. I'm not those ones that memorizes like where they came from and, and all that, right. you know. Oh, that's John. No chapter four. verse. Yeah, yeah, no. I, but there's this, there was a statement in there that I found pretty f- profound where you're impenetrable, like you're indestructible mm-hmm. until till you're not till God wants you. Mm-hmm. So you can do anything, which I think is kind of crazy, but, mm-hmm. but you see it sometimes yeah. and you don't want to question it. Yeah. Like the guy who wants to kill himself and steps in front of a car. Oh, you're still alive in the hospital, you know? Yeah. That type of stuff. And invincible. That's what it was. You know, you're yeah. invincible until, until you're not, until God calls for you, you know, mm-hmm. or, or until, you know, and, and I, I think that's where I, when the final destination movies came out, I thought that was just so cool mm-hmm. how they were just trying to escape it no matter where they went. No matter what you did. No matter what yep. you did, you know, a paint can would fall, hit a board and, you know, it hit the knife rack and hit you in the forehead. Right. Either way it's happening or you choke on a spork. Something's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think know. final destination should have had a banshee featured in that movie though. That yeah, would just be, wail. It'd be like the warning sign. It's like the yeah. it's like the air horn. Yo, man, you about to die. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they can also curse. They can legend oh. has it, those trying to track or capture a banshee will be cursed. 
The Banshee curse is passed down through generations. That's bad shit. Thomas Riley of Galway tried to catch a Banshee, but died within seconds of the incident, and his son, Michael, inherited the family farm, which never prospered. Michael's children were feeble-minded, and their father died of cancer. Those who pick up a Banshee's silver comb or try to steal the comb and or her beetle will suffer similar fates. That's the only reference to a beetle I found in any thing that I researched. So, I mean, huh. good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe leave bugs alone? I don't know. And super speed. According to myth in Claire and Galway, the Banshee glides faster than human feet can walk. Mm. In Mayo, the Banshee hops like a magpie. And can run faster than a horse at full strength. So the faster than people could walk thing, that'd be like that like mist gliding thing that you'd see in like Scooby-Doo all the time. Yeah. They'd just come right up and... Ooh. Was the... Yeah. Was that a banshee? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. Did, did we just come up with, with a new thing from Scooby-Doo? I don't know. They probably had a banshee in Scooby-Doo. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. That'd be a good spot. It's weird, though, because there's, like, two different, like, there's there's a, a, a an intersection at the road with banshees. Mm-hmm. You got, like, this whole, f- you know, friendly, uh, you know, oh, they don't bring death, but however, it's just a little warning to the family. Hey, got some bad stuff coming Somebody's your way. Somebody's going to die. Or they're just, you know, oh, they tear people to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I found interesting about this. There is they're no... either a pacifist and they're just like, hey, super sorry, yeah. but somebody's gonna die, or they're like, Yo, man, I I'm you know what? Doink. Yeah, Touch no, exactly. Dead. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and like each family had like their own banshee. Yes. Then I also read somewhere what was pretty crazy. It just shows you people haven't changed at all. Is they say that a member of the family has a relationship with the Banshee and they give them information. Did you read anything about that? No. Yeah, it was like a family narc that has this like connection <laughs> with the Banshee. Yeah. Oh my God. I would have so been the narc. <laughs> you know, probably. Oh man. Yeah, because what the the big thing was is like no one's actually sure where Banshees get their knowledge. <laughs> Of a person's death from. So there was actually a theory that suggests that, like, each family member has, has his own personal observer who, like, follows him around and reports back to the banshee, like a, a banshee narc. <laughs> this is what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to weaknesses. Yes, because, hey. Yeah. You never know. The more you know. Yeah, but you never know when a banshee is going to come around the corner. Exactly. So. Us, uh, our horror fanatics need to know what to do. Okay. So, if you've ever watched a movie with fairies, mm. think Maleficent. Yeah. Iron. As with all fae fairies. Yes. They can be harmed by cold forged iron. Salt. Salt repels banshees as it is considered pure and an anathema to the denizens of the spirit world. Any other methods protecting oneself from a banshee are unknown to this point. And bones. If once human, 
because not all of them are ghosts, she may be able to be put to rest by finding her earthly remains, then salting and burning them. And where have we seen this before? I've never seen it. Supernatural, dude. (laughs) (laughs) They did it for like 15 seasons. Yes. Yes. I just thought that was cool. I was like, yay. Supernatural. (laughs) They're just great. We're going to have to do like an episode on them, but whatever. Okay. So other manifestations. The Banshee was relatively harmless, aside from the whole death thing mm. and the dread of hearing her cry. Tearing she also, you to shreds. <laughs> yeah, we'll seemed... just glaze over that. They weren't bad. No, Misunderstood no. creatures they were. Banshees. She also seemed to enjoy knocking on doors and or windows. So she's got some poltergeist tendencies. There is a legend that her sister spirit, the Linen Seed, or... um. See, I guess, mm-hmm. or sweetheart fairy was more malicious. She sought the love of mortal men, and their desire for her was so intense that they were driven mad and ultimately destroyed. Oh, so, you know, there's always that concept too. Yeah, you know, whether it's a banshee, a witch, or whatever, yep. you know, and that's that always guy always luring you. Yeah, that guy was demise. just like, "Look, man, I was going to the general store. I was just gonna get some flour." And mm-hmm. next thing I know, I got my pants off. I'm head over heels. Yeah. I don't know what to do, man. I emptied my savings, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. God. There's also a similar manifestation of the banshee known as the Bonni or washing woman, though it is more Scottish than Irish. Instead of wailing and crying at night to warn of someone's death, she would instead wash the bloody clothes of the person about to meet their doom in a local water source. Really? Her appearance was generally thought to be the same, though sometimes she was washing her own clothes instead of someone else's. Smelt of haggis. Oh, most likely. Probably. Or sheep. <laughs> so... <laughs> we, we, love the, we love the Scottish. We do. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Um, so associated families... Yes. Many books on Irish fairy stories say um, banshees are particularly associated with families whose names had O or Mac at the start. But this isn't saying much as at the time, practically every Irish family in Ireland at the time was an O or a Mac, M-A-C. Conversely, they say she only cries as... The aforementioned five families, the O'Neills, the O'Briens, the O'Connors, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's. The O'Brien family was said to be frequented by a banshee named E-E-E-V-U-L, Evil, Mm. who ruled 25 other banshees that followed wherever she went. It's like a a posse. Yeah. A mega coven. (laughs) This gave rise to the belief that If several banshees were heard at once, it meant the imminent death of someone very powerful. Yeah, I recall reading that. Yeah. You hear a a lot of chatter, something big's going down. (laughs) So the O'Donnell family's banshee apparently lived on a rock overlooking the sea at Dunluce Castle, and she cried not specifically for one death, 
but for all of the misfortunes the family had ever or will ever have. That's one of those nice banshee stories. Yeah. So the O'Neill banshee would cry out from the Coil Uta, Ulster Wood, and would be heard on the other side of Laudny, where their castle stood. Her name was Maeveen, and she even had a special room set aside for her in the castle. Wow. So nice. we gave her a room. Yeah, I was going to say, you O'Neills are pretty, uh, you're pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were like, if we just listen, we'll give her a nice comfortable space. Yeah. We'll treat her well. Nice spread. Good food. And, you know, maybe she won't cry Long so silver frequently. Dress, we'll nice give her the, the best of combs yeah. and things will be just fine. As long as she keeps track of them and doesn't leave them laying around all <laughs> over the place. Then, then we got problems with the combs. There are two contradictory theories as to why the Banshee follows these great families. Some believe that she did so purely to bring misery on them with her incessant wailing, while others believe she was a friend of the family who was so utterly distraught at their having lost someone that they loved yeah, that she became yeah. the banshee. So Again, the good and the bad. Yeah. It's weird. It's a split in every case, every single case. You got, well, this is what the good banshee does. This is what the bad one does. So I do have two quote unquote famous stories, but I'd never heard of them before. So I don't know how famous they are. Uh, I got a short one here. Is it an eerie memoir with uh, Lady Fanshawe? Is that one of them? No, tis not. Well, this one's short. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll rip it off. It's, a, it's an old and good, like well-known one. So they say. I don't know anything about this stuff, so I was learning everything <laughs> firsthand. But uh, if you say so, man. Stories in 1642, Lady Fanshawe and her husband, Sir Richard, uh, she chanced uh, to visit a friend who happened to reside in a, a castle. And the regal lady was awoken by a ghastly and piercing cry. Then she beheld in the moonlight a female face and part of her figure hovering at the window. The apparition continued to exhibit itself for some time and then vanished with two shrieks similar to that which she heard at first. The following morning, she related with terror in her voice the incident to her host who remarked, What my dear Lady Fanshawe had witnessed and heard was a banshee and her wailing forecast of death came true as a near relation of... My family expired last night in the castle. Ah. Yeah. So, my story is along with warning families of an upcoming death. Banshees also cried at the crowning of a true king. One reported, one reported case was the crowning of the legendary Brian Baru, who overthrew the O'Neills and began the O'Brien dynasty. A possible example of a human banshee appearance was in 1437 when a woman reported to be a seer approached King James I of Scotland and correctly predicted his murder at the instigation of the Earl of Athol. Mm. So what's your other story? I'm wondering if that's what... Uh, I think it's another O'Neill-related story. This one's longer. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I have another small one, so we'll do your long one, and then I'll do my little one. Okay. 
This is uh this was titled again. I got both my stories from ConnollyCove.com. And this one's called The Mysterious Castle. Set on a northeastern shore of Lo Lonay. Shane's Castle was a commanding presence for many centuries. Originally known as Eden Duff Carrick, the castle was reinstated to the O'Neill clan by King James in 1607. After this, it became known as Shane's Castle. Convenient. Mm -hmm. Mary Laurie, in her 1913 book, The Story of Belfast and Its Surroundings, cites Shane McBrien O'Neill as the owner who changed the name and gives 1722 as the exact date. The O'Neills then in possession of the castle were descended from the great Shane O'Neill, who becomes the O'Neill Moor around 1562 and ruled or controlled most of Ulster. After his death, his many sons were known as the McShane, the sons of Shane. And predictably, the Christian name Shane was popular among his descendants. So the name Shane's Castle has many resonances and you know, potential origins. Mm -hmm. Although the O'Neills held many castles, Edin Duff Carrick contains a stone carving of a head inset into one of the tower walls known as the Black Head of the O'Neills or the Black Brow on the Rock. It's thought that this stone carving predates the castle by some centuries. It is said the line of the O'Neills will come to an end if the head ever falls from its position on the castle wall. Luckily for the O'Neills, the tower containing the head survived when their banshee burned the castle. Well, they must, they must not have given her a nice enough room. No combs either, I bet. Probably. Yeah. Or or somebody took a comb. Oh, yeah. And that all hell broke loose. Yeah. That is one of the tips. Yeah. And no wrought iron to, uh, or cold, cold steel? Cold forged uh, iron. Oh, okay. So one source suggests that the uh, origin of the O'Neill Banshee lies affront the fairies. One of the early O'Neills was returning from a raid when he found a cow with its horns tangled in a hawthorn tree. Single hawthorns are sacred to the, um, uh, I don't know what the term is, city, but basically it's like a wishing tree. And so the fairies now regarded the cow as their property. Foolishly, he freed the animal and incurred the anger of the fae. When he arrived at his home, which presumably was not Edenduff Carrick, as that was built much later, but may have been there. Uh, in a different form. May have been where the black head of the O'Neills originally stood. He found that the fairies had taken his daughter to the bottom of the uh, the loaf, but the waters of Lufnay were said to have healing properties associated with the little folk. The girl was allowed to return to let her father know that she was safe in the fairy kingdom, but she could only return from then and on in order to warn of impending death in the family by keening. This source names her as Kathleen, or Kathleen, which is of Anglo-Norman origin and so would seem to be of much more recent province than the ancient legend. Maeve is a very old Irish name found in the oldest sagas and appears more in keeping with the apparent antiquity of the Banshee myth. The ending Ean is a common uh, diminutive in Irish an affectionate twist on a name that would seem to reinforce the story that the Banshee was originally 
a daughter of the house. Oh. Yeah. The ruins of the castle today are unusual, as the castle was in the process of being rebuilt in a grander style by Richard Nash, architect of Buckingham Palace, among other famous buildings when the fire broke out. The conservatory was already completed, and it survived the blaze while the main block of the castle was destroyed. Visitors can get a glimpse of the sumptuousness of the plans for the restored castle from the completed conservatory while touring the ruined remains of the main block, towers, and curtain wall. A fortified esplanade studded with cannon uh, salvaged from an English man-o'-war stands guard over the shoreline, and an interesting family tomb and statues can be seen on the grounds. The castle boasted an impressive series of vaults and basement chambers connected to a long underground passage, reputedly used as the servant's entrance, but possibly originally intended as a refuge or escape route. To their knowledge, these uh, vaults are now closed to the public. Hmm. The Banshee was said to be heard in uh, Kale, Utah. It's uh, the Great Wood of Ulster, which grew by the castle on the shores of uh, Lone, and through which Shane O'Neill had marched his army in 1565 on his way to defeating the McDonald's at the Battle of, I, I believe it's Glen, Glen Tacy, which cemented his authority over Ulster. There's still some of the great wood left in the grounds of Shane's castle, although much of it has gone to farmland and housing developments. After the flight of the Earls in 1607, when the leaders of several Irish clans fled to the continent, thus ending the last vestiges of the Brehon laws and traditional governance in Ireland. Some say that the Banshee of the O'Neills followed the family into exile. However, the family line of O'Neills is often unclear, and Hugh O'Neill, the last Earl of Tyrone, was the offspring of an illegitimate son of the first Earl of Tyrone, and his father's claim had been successfully contested by the great Shane O'Neill. So perhaps... Maeveen, the White Lady of Sorrow, the Banshee of the O'Neills, remained at Shane's castle and the legitimate descendants of Shane O'Neill. After all, the black head of the O'Neills still stands on the tower wall at Shane's castle. So when we go to Ireland... We got to go to Shane's castle, yo. Shane's castle. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Get a picture next to the black head. Yeah, right. Of the O'Neills. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... And hopefully not hear a, a shriek of day, some kind. Right? But right. hey, if you're going to go... I mean, Go yeah. there. Go big or go home. Yeah, <laughs> that's your peeps right there. Yeah. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. So in 1801, the Banshee paid a visit to the commander-in-chief of the British forces in Ireland. He'd attended a party at Dublin Castle and invited a few guests back to his home in Mount Kennedy, County Wicklow. Mm. The guests, Sir Jonah Barrington and his wife, awoke at 2.30 a.m. to what he described as plaintive sounds outside his window. His wife and a maid were also awoken by it, and the sound morphed into the name Rossmore, which was screeched three times. The next morning, they were told a servant hearing odd sounds from Rossmore's room at 2.30 a.m. went in to find him dying. Mm. 
So sightings of banshees have been reported as recently as 1948. That's crazy. It's super crazy. Yeah. Hmm. I mean. This was something that I, I really. That's like not that long ago. <laughs> no, it really isn't. I mean, all things considered. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like even when we did like vampires and stuff like that, that was all old stuff. Yeah. I mean, they talk about like real life vampires and. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to know more about that, check out the vampires episode. We're not going to drag all that yeah. out. because. No. It's literally a whole podcast. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy how that could be like a whole podcast. Here's the thing. If you were in a castle. Yeah. And you were staff. Yeah. What would you want to be? Because you figure you got like the butler the and the maids. I knew you were going to be the cook. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I mean, who would you want to be? I don't know. Because here's the thing. If you're like the head butler, it's like your house. Yeah. You're, you're running everything. Yeah. I don't know if I want that kind of responsibility. Maybe at some point I would have. But like today, Frank. you uh, Let's be honest. But I'd probably end up running the whole thing. You'd be the coachman. You'd be driving mm, everybody around. I'd be driving everybody around. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? That is really what I do. Yeah. I, so... What a, should I just be like an Uber driver? I hate Uber. Uh, maybe I'll just start my own. It's just Frank's Frank's rides. Yeah, I mean you could. How about the coachman? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Da da da. da. Yeah, I won't pick him up in a coach, but no. I tell you what, though, coachman—that was a good gig, probably then. Well, I mean. And if you're a good cook, they're going to take care of you. Yeah. But you'd have the skinny on everything. Oh, I'd you'd have, have the, the real dirt. dirt. You'd have the real everything. dirt. Because you know when people leave, they're like, thank God we're out of there. Yeah. And then they start talking shit about everybody in the castle. Yeah. And you're just sitting there flicking the reins. <laughs> do, 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 do. Just chopping up the celery for yeah. the next day. Well, no, but you're like the heroes to cook. Yeah. You know, everybody's, oh, tell the chef I enjoyed the meal. Mm-hmm. Or you'd go up there in the rare chance. Yeah. What was the, what was the, uh, what was that sweet woman there in uh, Downton Abbey? What Mrs. Was, Patmore. Miss Patmore. <laughs> Fucking love Mrs. Patmore. Right. She was awesome. She was. Yeah. Yep. And she probably had almost close to eight heart attacks during that whole show series. Oh, my gosh, she did. Because you think about that. I mean, because yeah. you're not really cooking for. No, you are cooking for the. You know, not the only house, are you the cooking. Guests. Yeah. There was always somebody for, staying there. Yeah. You're cooking for not only yeah. the people that live there, but you're also cooking for all of the staff. Like yeah. it's it's probably bigger than the restaurant than running a restaurant. Yeah, it's probably pretty close. Yeah. Well, I, I, and you, know, you got to figure the there's breakfast, though. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, like and, you're and never you not have, cooking. <laughs> and you didn't have unlimited ingredients. You had these certain ones, and you know. I mean, talk about farm to table, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're cooking what's in season. Well, you don't think they just shoveled out hungry man's to everybody? Lean cuisine. Lean cuisines. TGA Friday, TGI Friday apps. <laughs> Jalapeno poppers yeah. and mott sticks. Would well, you ever hear that crazy story how uh, nachos 
Here, came to be. I made chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese for the for the little lord. <laughs> Do you ever you ever hear that story how nachos came to, uh, came to be? It was in uh, I'm, I'm sure as shit it was in Mexico, and it was this uh, well-to-do house. You know, it was like mm-hmm. this really whatever would be down there. It's not cartelish, but <laughs> but um. <laughs> They basically the the cook there, she had nothing Left. to prepped up, and somebody yeah. came last minute at night, and yep. they said just get something together. So she had the tortillas, yep, and she made the chips, yep, and had made like the salsa and mm-hmm. got I think just cheese. Some, some cheese and stuff, mm-hmm. and and just kind of whipped it up together. And the guests that showed up that night were like raving about it. They just yeah. absolutely loved it. And they say that's where nachos came from. Again, hmm. like everything else, on accident. Well, weren't potato chips uh, made because this guy was asking for thin fried potatoes and the chef kept cutting them up and the guy kept sending them back and saying they were still too thick. So he made them paper thin and fried them. Really, really thin Potatoes, re, 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 fin, pancakes, um, potatoes, yeah. and they fried them, mm-hmm. sent them out to the guy, and the guy's like, "Finally!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they probably spit in his food. I mean, it's called extra flavor. Yeah, yeah. and when you're a dick. In restaurants, they give your food extra flavor. So think about that. The next time you're not being polite and you're being a little bit rude and maybe a little bit entitled, then you're going to get some extra flavor in your food. I remember I was traveling for work and there was a woman at a bar and I was just getting dinner before I'd go in the room and go to sleep. She was talking about something. She goes, she goes, they don't really do that, do they? You know, after a few drinks and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, you're a special one. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was yeah. Ellen at work. We yeah. were sitting there and she's like, oh, my God, I always send the food back. Yeah. No. She's like, it's never right. She's like, yeah. you know, if I tell them I want medium and I and I want my steak medium, it better be medium. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what. If they send it out and it's medium, but not to your liking, and you send it yeah, back, yeah. you're going to get it back with probably something you're not expecting. The only way I'll send it back is if it's a, and this is, again, I've worked in a lot of restaurants. Yeah. I, I'll send something back if it's a legit screw up. Yes. Like a real legit screw right. up. Yes. You know, and then that that has a little bit of leniency. But yeah, if you're doing just a little kind of pesky stuff, because it. You know, it's not right, quote unquote. Yes. Right. And the people that do complain, it's like non-tippers too. Yes. You know, those are people who've never worked in a restaurant no. before. It's like you have no. no idea the amount of work it is just to feed your stupid hole. At See, the table. that's when I would want to be yeah. a banshee. And then yeah. I just I wouldn't say a word though. You'd I would just, touch just them. dink. Yeah. Bye. I don't know. You could <laughs> scream and rip their skin to shreds and I'd send a message to the others. It would definitely send yeah. a message. Yeah. I don't know. Eat your food. <laughs> Eat your food and shut up. So right? I have to say, that's all I got for um, being That's cheese. pretty much all I have. Yeah. Aside from 
you know, they they do make appearances in stories. Yeah. No, they, films. It's it's I one of those I believe there was a Banshee episode in Charmed. Not that I want to go through I'll take your word for watching it. that again. Yeah. Cuz Wow, it's kind of painful now to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And I there's, loved it. There's I some, loved it. When yeah, there's it first some things. Yeah, there's some things I watched that I look back and it's like, yeah, it was different. I had a real shocking moment when I watched Labyrinth for the first time as an adult. Labyrinth. Yeah, compared to when, when I was you were a kid. A kid, because I had a whole different interpretation of that movie as a kid. It's kind of creepy. It really is. It's creepy. <laughs> you didn't pick that up when you were a kid? I was a kid. I was young. <laughs> I was super young. Just kind so, of when I'm getting to the point where I everybody remember... wants to like coddle kids. It's like kids don't know yeah. what any of that crap is. They no. just don't. And then they're going to watch it when they're older, whatever it is. And they're going to be like, oh. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where I... That's where I found the genius in SpongeBob. Like the genius in SpongeBob is, is you could watch that as a kid mm-hmm. and you'd have a totally different deal, like an interpretation mm-hmm. of that as a kid. But yet you watch that as an adult and you see the lines there. The levels, yeah. And the levels and, mm-hmm. and the different things. And and I think it's just genius of the fact that when you're a kid, you're SpongeBob. Yeah. And when you're an adult, you're Squidward. Yes. It's an amazing idea of that. Now, I don't know if it was ever, I doubt it was preconceived. It was just, you know, hey, this is the fantasy world that he was making and all that. Mm-hmm. But but the genius of that where, like, the the SpongeBob character is for the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and you have Squidward, who's for the adults. Yeah. And there's this total just dual interpretation of that cartoon. Yes. And then I love it because you just got Patrick in the middle. Patrick you know. was my favorite. Patrick's the best. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Patrick's that guy you want to have hanging around with you all day. I loved him so And much. you know you're going to have a hard day with him. <laughs> yes. You know, and at times he's going to drive you fucking yep. crazy. You know it's going to be a struggle. But at the end of the day, you're going to have like three pee yourself moments a day. That's yeah. hanging out with Patrick. <laughs> That's what I love where everybody's like, oh, what's your favorite character? And, you know, and I mean, I get it. I'm a Squidward. Yeah. To a certain degree. But, man, Patrick's just got it locked down. Yeah. Uh, but, like, a great representation of that is when SpongeBob's all pissed off and he's in the bar and they're getting the uh, the ice cream sundaes at the bar and they're getting drunk on ice, on ice cream sundaes. Mm-hmm. That's the best, like, part. That's like a single, like, perfect scene to show to someone where a kid would just get, like, oh, they're just having so much fun eating Sundays. Yeah. And they're just, they're just going yep. nuts over Sundays. And then you'd look at the adult and they're like, they're getting hammered off Sundays. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but for next week. Yes. We are changing it up. I see what you did there. You like what I did there? I, I like it. Yeah. I like yeah. it. So we're staying in in uh, the, Irish, the United uh, Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going changelings. Yes. Yeah. I was not ready 
<laughs> I was not ready. I, I 100% knew what we were getting into. No, I knew. Yeah. I knew you were. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was walking into. I got to say, there's a little bit of pride. It's weird. What? Yeah, the changeling stuff is weird. Yeah, it is. I only knew changelings from like movies. Yeah. And shows. Yeah. And that is, it has nothing to do with the historical no. lore no. of changelings. No. And um, we're definitely going to have to have some disclaimers for the next episode. The next episode is going to be tough. Changelings it, is not. It's a dark topic. It's, yeah. It's just, definitely uh, a dark topic. It's a dark topic. So if you if you don't like the dark, dark, dark stuff, I mean, yeah. it's not demonology dark. Oh, but, no. But this one was pretty unsettling. Yeah. To certain degrees. A little unnerving. But it also, I don't know, it kind of gives those insights of how humanity really kind of hasn't changed that much. No. Yeah. No. No. I mean, um... I'd like to say we've changed a little bit. And you see that with changelings. Yeah. But. But the idea of the surface, yeah, you know, without getting into the teeth of it, because we're going to save that for next episode, obviously. Yeah. But um, very nice. We uh, we we're very happy that you guys are uh, still sticking with us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks and for Mr. joining Toad's us. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, Again, if you uh, would like to hear, you know, if you want to connect someone to our presence, yes, the best way to do it is at uh, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Yes. And if you have any ideas, comments, yeah. if, stories. If there's a story or there's lore or legend mm -hmm. that That's is it. at our email address, yeah. OTH. Submit that to us and we'll at see what we can do. .com. And uh, we are going to, after Changelings, I believe, we're dipping into some of the user requested uh, or yeah. basically listener requested material. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So we mean it when we say that. If you send your stuff, we'll look into it. Yeah. And, I um I we'll had add them. It in. Luckily we we had them on the list. Yeah. I've just bumped them up. Yeah. We moved so, some stuff around. Yeah. We can shuffle stuff around. Yeah, we can. So have a great day. Have yes. a great week. Yes. And as always, make good choices. Take care. <laughs>